Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in Uptown OKC. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. What more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness with over 10 locations in Oklahoma City, as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas, you'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up and you're free to use any of Anytime Fitness facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by the Drake. Tell them through the keyhole sent you. Still running. It's a quarter. CD. Welcome into the Thursday X and O's, but not as much X and O's this week because Oklahoma's playing Kansas of Through the Keyhole. I'm Keegan Renault. I'm joined with Matt Burton, our lovely producer, because Brady is in Los Angeles. I presume for a concert. I haven't Yeah, I think a concert. I hope I hope what he tweeted on his Instagram story isn't true. Or I guess posted on his Instagram story isn't true. But I think if he was there to see System of a Down, their lead singer uh, tests positive for COVID. So the concert's canceled. So I hope that's not the concert. But knowing Brady, that's probably the concert he was there to go see. So I'm sorry, Brady. That would be... Yeah, we haven't heard from him. So hopefully that's that's not the case. You don't want to go out to California and not be out there to do what you want to do especially right, right now in this right their thoughts and prayers brady i'm sorry anyways it is our it is the thursday edition uh they play oklahoma plays kansas on saturday at 11 a.m oklahoma as last time i looked was a 38 and a half point favorite that's it it feels like it should be more <laughs> yeah, right it should especially after what oh, tech did to them last weekend it should but man I, I get it, I guess, with the defense's performance against TCU. <laughs> well, Coastal struggled for a half against Kansas, right? which may speaks to them getting beat last night. Oh, by the way, week eight of college football starts with another upset. Another one, man. Feels like 07. This is this is crazier than 07 at this point. Yeah, We're, I don't know is. if you've seen some of the, the records that are being broken. It is so far through seven weeks or eight weeks, including week zero. This is in the AP poll era, the most upsets. We are seeing teams go from like 15th, 16th in the advanced analytics up to like making 10, like seven, eight point jumps because everybody's so close together week to week. It is a, it's it's a crazy time in the sport and it's a, it's a crazy time. We have some conference realignment news, by the way. RP on peace to our friends at Tulane. They got to go play Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Charlotte, Ugh. Rice, right? Is another oh, one yeah. that's included in this. And uh, I'm trying to think, I'm missing one. But they, the American Athletic Conference expands to six teams in response to the Big 12 stealing four of their or three of their schools. The AAC adds six, Big 12 adds four, SEC adds two. And then so on and so forth. And I believe this goes down to the Sun Belt. And the Sun Belt and the CUSA are fighting over Liberty, James Madison, and Southern Miss. There's your realignment update as of October 21st, 2021. So that's all you're going to get. This is what happens on a Kansas week. Matt, I was able to dive into the All-22 offensive tape from Oklahoma and TCU on Saturday. Um, I know that you, you said you hadn't had a chance to watch it. I know most a lot of our patrons probably have had a chance to watch it so far. Moral of the story, 13 is really good. Yeah. He's showing signs 
from a mental processing perspective with his eyes and you can see it. He's showing early signs. And I said this to you guys on Tuesday, you know, it was sort of along those things that you saw from Spencer at times a year ago. Right. But that was game four. This is game one and a half. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, the kid is, he's already showing. And, you know, I'm glad that, again, I've mentioned this a lot that, you know, the story I wrote on Caleb, and I'm glad some of those things that, I was told from Randy Trivers, his high school coach and his QB coach and a couple others that, you know, just about him and the kind of kid he is and, you know, willingness to learn and work. And I'm and you'll see in the in the tape, like there are still times where there was good throws, but there are a chance to be great throws. Right. And there was, you know, let's take an example, the Marvin Mims, you know, deep ball that uh, was not was not the pass interference, the one that was on the TCU sideline. So right, a little the underthrown deep. one, kind of. No, it was it one? was the one that he had his arm grabbed on. No, right, not okay. the not the early in the game. I believe it was going towards the uh, south end zone. So second quarter, I believe, but second or third. But anyways, like on that specific play, like deep football here, like TCU's in cover four. The guy that Mims is going up against is he's covered, um, but it's a one on one. So he took his matchup, and if he would have kept working across from one to two to three, he would have found Mario Williams wide freaking open, you know, for a potential, you know, hit him in stride for a potential likely touchdown. So again, you want, and I've said this to you, so you've heard me say this, like you kind of want to see him fail a little bit. You want to see those throws where you can go on tape and go, next time you see this look, next time we give this concept that this is going to be open if you trust within the offense. And I think the most important thing is I, I you, you people heard me say this a lot, Matt, on the either you've got um, you've got to trust your guys, you've got to trust the system, and you gotta be decisive. You gotta be you gotta be one of those three things on every play. And I think the Jane Hazelwood, the one on one, I you actually got to see video of this on the one on one where Mike Woods is just wide open yep. in the back of the end zone. But he trusted his guys and he made a decisive decision. And so uh, Caleb Williams, I there's not enough adjectives to describe, you know, kind of the feelings that you get when you watch him play. And, you know, I think the the biggest thing here, Matt, is just the run on quarterbacks is insane. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I think you mentioned decisiveness, and that was that was my first thing that we talked about on the the post game uh the post game show with me Chisman when Brady was still on it. To me, that's what stuck out when Caleb came in the game was that he looked way more decisive than Spencer did in that in that game and the games leading up to it. Uh, the decisiveness, he just it's a different kind of confidence. We know Spencer's confident. We know he's a, a confident guy, confident in his abilities, and he should be, but it's a different kind of confidence to know, okay, no, I know where I'm going and I know that I know that I'm gonna give my guys these chances, like we saw in the Texas game where he threw up a couple fifty fifty balls, like, hey, no, I'm gonna I'm going to make my guys, or I'm going to let my guys go make a play. And it always kind of felt like Spencer didn't want that to happen. At least this year. At least this year. I can't really remember right. too much no, last year. No, it was year. last year. And I, I think that, you know, there's some important factors here. I, you saw me tweet this. Like, I wrote a story after the TCU game last year and was like, oh, the Oklahoma bombing passing attack is back. Right. So, and I can tell you from not just my eyes, but a couple others that have gotten to watch the same tape. <laughs> I mean, TCU is terrible on Saturday. And you've heard me say this for the third straight time you've, we've been together. I mean, like I don't know if it's the end of the road for Gary Patterson. They play West Virginia this weekend. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I believe that game's in Fort Worth. And West Virginia will stress them in the passing ways that Oklahoma does. Now, it won't be nearly as successful as it was because Oklahoma's talent at receiver is just overwhelming. But regardless... I think the most important thing, and not even the passes and not the passing game, because I think I pointed out to you on Tuesday, like the numbers from the passing game were about equal to what the Kansas State game was. But I think the most important part of this is that the rushing, the 41-yard touchdown, and the 30-yard scamper on the option play, like those two plays aren't in the some of those first down runs, like those are those haven't been coming. And you want to talk right. about something that's made a huge difference? It's that. And again, we saw, you know, and you were watching the tape, uh, if you watched the film review, you had heard me say on that final drive, you started to see linebackers freeze up whenever in the zone read action, 
you started to see like Kennedy Brooks was able to get a seven, eight yard run opposed to a two to three yard run. Like those little things matter so much in terms of production and getting into favorable situations to throw the football in. Like if you can get into a second and three opposed to it being second and eight. Yeah. Like there's just a massive difference into what Lincoln's able to do and has confidence in calling. Now, you know, as we go through this and you've heard me say this, I'm going to continue not to heed caution. It's not what I am. Again, nine months ago, people were calling me. I've said this a lot. People were calling me a Spencer Rattler hater. But there are some tougher tests ahead. And so far he is. But so far, Matt, I think the most important thing is he's checked. Caleb Williams has checked every box of what you've heard me want to see and expect out of him and what everybody has expected out of him so far. Yeah, he absolutely has. And you can see that. You can absolutely see that with the results. I mean, coming back in that Texas game, it just – we, we've talked about it kind of ad nauseum, but coming in there in that circumstance, in those circumstances at that that age, have not played football for two years because of COVID and all this stuff, all, the, all the factors, all the factors, all the caveats that you want to oh, throw no, no. in there, like him putting on that performance in the Cotton Bowl was just amazing. And then to kind of double down against TCU and Gary Patterson, who usually has – a solid defense. And I mentioned Not to you after our, two, after, after our Tuesday podcast, I, I asked you, I was like, have we already taken the Gary Patterson defensive guru tag out or does he still have that just based on his first, however many, like his first decade at They're worse defensively than Oklahoma is. So. Ter- they were they were terrible. But that's nothing to take away from Caleb. And th- my question to you is since, and I know, I know that you've probably answered this on the L22 and I haven't watched and, maybe just kind of answer this for people who haven't watched the things that you were wanting to see from Caleb, right? The, the things that you said might be fixable in a week. Did he fix some of those or was it still kind of the same from, from Texas to TCU? Right. He just wasn't, they just didn't test him. Right. And it was one of those things that, you know, you saw me, I think I said this to you, like, there's nine guys on a run, on a play action. There was nine guys <laughs> committing to the run. Yeah, like you, sh- you showed res- me a, a guy on the after the Tuesday play where, you know, the safety is basically down at the line of scrimmage because he bit so hard on the play action. <laughs> right. And, and you're like, no, that's the safety that Caleb's supposed to read. And- <laughs> yeah, and he's not even in the picture. Right. Yeah, and... So there was a there was a lot that like goes into it, and I think Lincoln would would say the same in terms of like let's you know wait and see. I mean, I said this said this to you guys over the last week. Like he has he has now twenty four days, twenty three days until they go down to Waco. Lincoln's got a clipboard out for a reason in yeah. the first quarter. It's like no, this is this is what we were supposed to run. This is what we we're supposed to do. There was. There was some again. The most, the biggest thing is that it's kind of the same. Like second half, I said to you know said to you guys on Tuesday after we got done recording, it was some of those things like in the second half of the Texas OU Texas game last year, where it was like okay, yes, fit this ball into Theo Weiss, guys open, go get it, do whatever. But also Drake Stoops is wide open for a 15 yard gain on the other side of the field, and it wasn't nearly as bad as you know Spencer was a year ago, kind of at this time with it. But at the same time, I mean, it's just going to continue to be a process of he's going to owe this bye week, and then he's going to get put through the gauntlet. I mean, I, I've put it as said as the ringer. I mean, he's going to get put through the ringer mentally. Yeah. And it's going to be a really, really tough test. And, you know, he passes those tests. I think Oklahoma can feel pretty confident that they, they have a guy because there's some uh, Georgia tape floating around right now. And I know you've heard me say this. They haven't faced a top, like, 30 offense this year. Yeah. Maybe top 35 at this point. Yeah, well, in the Arkansas game, there's just receivers open everywhere, and they just are not being found. And so, yeah, I think that there is there is some opportunity here to continue to gain some momentum as the course of the season goes. And if you feel pretty good about it heading into heading into December and January with K, especially with Caleb at quarterback, if you continue to have success, they they find ways to you know Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. They're going to blitz the ever loving hell out of you yep. uh, at times and. So life's going to get a little more difficult, but like I said, he's he's passed every test, and the like I said, the biggest thing is that not necessarily like you can talk about the explosive plays, you can talk about this, you can talk about that, but the fact that they can have some 
you know, whenever your quarterback can run the way they do, your running back becomes an extra blocker. You have to account for and right. like, from a defensive perspective. So instead of like having an H back on the line of scrimmage and handing it to the running back where there's still only six guys blocking, if Caleb is getting the snap and taking it, there's seven guys blocking for him, and that's a, a numbers mismatch typically at times for a defense. So, like I said, I, I think like the biggest thing is that the rushing numbers are way up, obviously, in the last six quarters, or really last seven. The second quarter, first, second quarter, Oklahoma didn't run the football bad um, against Texas, but nah, man, he's he's awesome. He's a lot of fun to watch. Let me tell he you, is, I, he's a... Uh, that throw to Mike Woods, you, you guys have got video of it. That throw to Mike Woods on the double move where he threw it from the 45 to the opposing four from one opposite hash to the opposite pylon. Like, that's a 55-yard-plus throw. Yeah. I mean, it's the goods, man. He's he's so much fun to watch. And, you know, I saw Joel Clatt. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw our good friend. Beep. I saw the keyhole pod tweet out to Brady. But... Joel Klatt basically was, you know, was like, sorry for, you know, telling you guys that you're crazy for wanting Caleb Williams to be the starting quarterback. It's, it's amazing, like lightning in the bottle, things coming in, came, things coming in handy for Oklahoma. And yeah, I mean, I was, as a, as I will still, and I've said this to this day, my biggest thing on Spencer, whenever I described him to some NFL guys in February and, and March, I still think this is true, maybe even more true today than it has been ever. Like it's like a cryptocurrency, man. There's gonna be a lot, <laughs> a lot there's of gonna be a lot yeah. of highs. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of really low lows. <laughs> and you gotta know when to buy and sell. And I bought low after the after the Nebraska game when I saw some things that looked really good. And I bought really in after the Kansas State game. And my God, a collapse because of yep. just mental mental strength and I hate to put it that way but I said that on the film review that's like it's really all it is I mean it, yeah I mean if if he was if he was mentally capable and not saying like to run an offense but because I think he's gotten to that point but mentally capable to capable to deal with adversity mm-hmm. and he's just not and Caleb clearly is because you know I think the throw it off to you here I know I, you watched the game on the broadcast right it was the third quarter heading in the fourth Oklahoma had just run the 41-yard touchdown. On the third and three beforehand, Caleb bent a ball outside that he was running it. He should have kept it inside. And you can see Lincoln, after they kick the extra point, they go to Lincoln and Caleb are talking, and Lincoln's just ripping his ass. <laughs> like, one, I think people, a lot of people, like, you know, want to see Lincoln be like Saban a little bit. There's a moment you're up by three touchdowns, and he's, you're ripping your new freshman quarterback yeah, he's playing line. lights out. <laughs> but then, too, I think it's important to note, like, Lincoln only did that because he felt comfortable doing it. Like, I don't know if he's ripping Spencer Rattler on the sideline in front of everybody. Yeah, because Spencer might shut down. Yeah, and I think that's a that's an important part of the conversation. And, and I've said this to you before, and I've, I've jokingly said this, like, if Trey Young was in that seat and wanted to tell me how I'm the dumbest mother effer out there and I was stupid for ever doubting him or doing this, yeah, like, fully agree with that. Yeah. And if Spencer was sitting right there, I would tell him that one, go to find a way to get to Ole Miss <laughs> as quickly as possible, and two, the only person that's going to stop him from reaching the places he wants to go is himself, for sure. And it's very apparent this season that that was the, it's a Spencer problem. It's not a, it's it's not a yeah. I mean, our guys failing around them, and we're kind of we jokingly said this on Tuesday. I did that. Baker's getting a part of that up in Cleveland, but. He's kind of feeling that right now in Cleveland from some of their fan base, but you know, like, gotta, you know, you, only the numbers can only take you so far. It really is kind of the best way to put that. Like, you can look at numbers and you can continue to see that he's got a chance to be a pretty good quarterback, but you also can look at, watch the game and watch his mannerisms and watch him take how he handles himself and know that it's going to be really tough for him to get there, which is now why 13 is your quarterback in. Through the Keyhole is brought to you by Uptown Anytime Fitness. That is Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker. The best gym in Oklahoma City, if you ask me. And I know that for a fact because I've been using it for just about two years and I couldn't love it anymore. Perfect size, perfect amount of equipment. 
And we're even getting $40,000 upgraded equipment over the next few months, so we're excited for that. But it's not too big, it's not too small, it's not intimidating. So for first-time gym users or, you know, if you're out there getting closer and closer to the new year and you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, new fitness goals, yeah, this gym is not intimidating. There's never a, a ton of people inside at any point during the day, so you never have to wait for your equipment. It's just the best place, in my opinion, to be if you're just trying to improve yourself in one way or another. And the new owner, Garrett, is awesome, very personable, very helpful, and wants to help you guys out as much as possible. So for the month of October, they're doing a dollar membership sign-up fee. Again, it's a dollar membership sign-up fee for the month of October. Just let them know that you heard about this deal from Through the Keyhole or just from me. Maybe you'll run into me and you can make fun of me. But again, there are about a 1,000 Anytime Fitnesses across the map. So if you don't necessarily live around Uptown OKC, you can just come up here, sign up with this gym with Garrett, and then you're able to use any of Anytime Fitness's facilities. There are a ton in the Metro. There's a few in Edmond. There's a few in Tulsa. I was just in Dallas a few weeks ago and used an Anytime Fitness in Seagaville, Anytime Fitness in Kaufman. So even if you travel consistently, Anytime Fitness will still be there to help you achieve your fitness goals. And hey, if you are perfectly fine with how you feel, how you look, all those things, that's fine. But just help us out here at Through the Keyhole and go ahead and like Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. We will greatly appreciate that. According to the Oklahoma depth chart for this week, he's officially the starting quarterback. No more oars. No more oars. Now, what what I was what I was going to say about, you know, you talk about Lincoln kind of jumping Caleb's ass there. And he I don't I don't think that I can remember him ever doing that to Spencer. And that's credit to Lincoln as a coach. Cause I think that's to me, I mean, I grew up, my dad was a high school basketball coach for I don't know, 30 years. I mean, he was a head coach at head basketball coach at Piedmont for 20 and then was an assistant at UConn and my assistant whenever I was there for about 10. So that to me, the biggest thing about coaching is knowing how to coach players mm-hmm. because it's, you can't coach them all the same. You cannot, no one's the same. And you can't coach everyone the exact same. You can't rip everyone's ass because, like, like we, like I just said, Spencer, he might be that that guy that just shuts down on you. He's like, nope, I can't. You can call him soft or whatever you want, but some guys just don't respond to that. They they don't respond to uh, getting coached like that. But the good ones typically do. Like the the great ones typically can respond to that. And that's a that's a testament to Lincoln Riley and his kind of like man management. That's what we. You know, that's sure. kind of what we call it. And, you know, like or when we're talking about NBA coaches, you know, they're man manager. You have to be a man manager, manage these egos and whatnot. But I know it's a lot different coaching college than it is professional sports. Ask Urban Meyer that. Um, they play Alabama every week. <laughs> every single week. But that to me, that's that's what I want to see from Lincoln, just because you can see it. And him not jumping Spencer's ass, that's not meaning that he's not coaching right. That's no. him knowing that Spencer he Spencer's not going to respond to that. He's going to respond to you know just hey what'd you see there like what you know and being kind of softer to him. Um, but like I said, the great ones typically do. And you also know that from like a teammate well perspective as well. Hard. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that like probably people understood that. But there was clearly, and we we'll wrap this up before we kind of move on from the offensive conversation for maybe hopefully one final last time. Um, no, they, they got Kansas this week. We'll be talking about this next week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, uh, so, but, you know, to, just to kind of wrap this up, like, it's just, it's apparent something happened between weeks one and five where Spencer lost his teammates and Oklahoma's in a position now where you can feel pretty comfortable that they're going to have at least an answer for something. Right. And, you know, well, we can be up to debate you know, regardless of who's quarterback, like what the performances would be like now or this or that. But all I know is that it's kind of, it's over with Matt kind of, you know, this would be a perfect podcast for Brady to be on. Um, <laughs> it's over with 13's your quarterback. And for all the apparent reasons, and I can confirm any of those thoughts that you've had of like what, you know, there was things on Saturday that Caleb is doing that Spencer didn't. There was things that they both could do. And the offense itself, like I said, those that third and three before the 41-yard run, the third down run on the first drive of the game, the 
41-yard touchdown run, the 30-yard scamper or 40-yard scamper, however long it was on the option play. Like, those aren't scoring plays, Matt, but those are plays in terms of the touchdown was a scoring play. (laughs) But the outside of that, those plays themselves change aspects of games. They really do. Like, and it's just so important because, you know, if it's a fourth and two with a freshman quarterback, Lincoln's kicking it. Yeah, my my thing with and kind of my my final thing on this whole Caleb and Spencer deal, and I'm with you, man. I was all in on Spencer Rattler to start the year. I was, I was. I had seen the arm talent. I had seen you uh, talk about you know all the talent that he has, and I don't think I don't think we should feel bad about you know believing in Spencer Rattler because it kind of goes against everything you know, everything that you know about college football that this guy this this Heisman favorite going into the year who ended the year great last year could come back and he's not as good as a true freshman court. It's he's not as good as a true freshman. Like it, it's almost unbelievable, but Hey man, we're here. This is the wild ride. That is this college football season. It is. And yeah, like, like we both kind of said, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into more of this as you know, there's more tape of Caleb out there. The Texas tech game, Oh, you should put up about seventy on them or yeah, more. I know run Texas, for I know Texas did, but run forever. So these next two weeks are going to be definitely some get get right, get healthy kind of scenarios. Let's run through the injuries real quick before we touch on Kennedy Brooks and then get into Kansas uh, injuries. Wise, Delaren Turner Yell. People still are uncertain about his status. DJ Graham, his mom posted he didn't have a concussion, so he may be able to go this week, but maybe in Oklahoma's best interest to keep him out. Yeah. Uh, Brian Osamoa, I guess, went down late in the game or at some point on Saturday. I saw his name float around with some people. Woody Washington still out. Jalen Redmond out. I don't know if uh, – sorry to touch on Woody Washington real quick. I don't know if Teddy messed up on the broadcast or I, – I, I don't know if it was up on, up on the his him and Gabe's podcast or if it was on the broadcast. I can't remember where I listened to it. But he kind of let slip that <laughs> – he was like, yeah, Woody Washington, they'll be without him for a while. So I, I wouldn't expect him back kind of anytime soon. No. So I don't, I don't know if he don't meant to say that. I don't, I don't know if he meant to say that. I don't know if it was cool if he did say that or what. But, uh, yeah, it didn't sound like Teddy was Tyrese Robinson was hurt, got hurt, maybe a get-right get week for him before getting back for Texas Tech. I'm trying to think of you know, Mario Williams – as well, a guy that didn't play much the rest of the game against TCU. Did they get Isaiah Kobach, or are they getting him back this week? I don't know. That's another good. That's another name that's out remember. there. I don't don't remember either. So those are the injuries out there. Lee had said there's a lot of maybes on guys. So we'll kind of see. We'll monitor that heading in, heading into tomorrow night. Kind of get a feel for who's out, who's in, and this and that, whatever it may be. So uh, regardless of that. I said I wanted to touch on Kennedy Brooks before we get out of here. Matt, I, I don't have this like confirmed by any data, no stats, no nothing. I know we watch it and see it. But there has been a weird correlation between when Kennedy Brooks' snap counts start to go up and a stat he or I or you can in other words you can say establishes himself as the guy in 2018, 19 and 21. Whenever he's established himself, where he is the guy for Oklahoma at running back, those are about the same times Oklahoma's offense takes off. So that gives yeah. me two things to throw to you. One, why does it take this long for Lincoln to get comfortable <laughs> with him? And two, is that not amazing? A, a running back potentially could have that kind of much impact. It's it is amazing, and I don't know what takes Lincoln so long. To be honest, is it because maybe okay eighteen? 18 was Kyler's year. You start the year with Rodney Anderson, right? And then he gets hurt. And Trey Sermon as well. And then Trey Sermon as well. 19, Trey Sermon as well. And then a sprinkle in of Ramondre Stevenson, right? Or was that year? No, yeah. You sprinkled in a little bit of Ramondre Stevenson here and there. And then 2020 obviously opts out, but he gets Eric Gray in this year. So do you think he gets like, he's like, okay, I got these guys that can, you know, catch passes. I can use them multiple different ways. And then, you know, he gives the ball to Kennedy Brooks, and it's just like, fuck, he gets eight yards every time we give him the ball. Like, we got to keep giving him the ball. Like, is it just as simple as that? Maybe he gets wowed by, like, these 
you know, these crazy versatile guys, the guys that maybe look way more explosive on tape. And then, you know, here's Kennedy Brooks. Here's eight yards. Every single fucking play you handed off to him. I think it sounds simple, but the the guy, his career average, like seven yards a carry. Yeah, it's past the point of like he's only running behind good offensive lines. Oh, yeah. Like kind of conversation. Oklahoma did some unique stuff. I didn't send this uh, to you guys in the gr- in the group, but in the all twenty two, you kind of see they did. They made an adjustment in their counter game where usually they go like H back and tackle, and they'll mo- they'll both those guys will go one direction. But what Oklahoma did differently is they had an H back on one side, and then he would just go block the end that's in front of him while pulling the tackle. And I think that caused some confusion, like. 13 from TCU had no idea what Oklahoma was running whenever on those plays. So Oklahoma made a little adjustment to their counter game that really opened some things up for them last week. Uh, And you saw the wide receivers always taking the safety out at the top on those plays. And then there was another one later in the game. So they ran regular counter once. It went for negative two yards. They ran the play where the H-back was on the same side um, as where the run was going. Two of those three popped, Matt. The third one didn't pop because the end stepped on Anton Harrison's foot and tripped him. So the linebacker that Harrison was supposed to block was able to get in there free, but that one would have taken off as well. So that's a play that is going to continue, I think, to be good for Oklahoma, especially if defenses aren't necessarily as keyed on it. Because when they run counter, man, it's like everybody in the building is telling these players, just take them out. Take out everybody in front of you. Like, do whatever you can. Any of the pulling guys, take them out. So they made some adjustments. But, man, it's definitely a when Brooks takes off each year, it's usually when the quarterbacks start playing better, the offense starts playing better, the offensive line starts playing better. Maybe it's just Kennedy Brooks. Just Kennedy Brooks, man. It's uh, it's probably a, a combo of... Uh, he, I mean, obviously, we talked about his his patient running style. He waits for everything to develop, you know, Le'Veon Bell style. Uh, he's he's faster than what he looks. He has he does a really good job of making guys of breaking tackles, and before you know it, it's second and two, and it that really opens Lincoln up to do kind of whatever. So I, I also think that play. It's I know it's a simple answer. It's probably a stupid answer, but he just gets eight yards. He gets yards, man. He gets yards, and I think, I think that correlates to the offense being better when you're starting off, or whenever you're second and two, second and three. Yeah, it's 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 much much easier. Oklahoma plays Kansas in Lawrence Saturday, 11 a.m. Um, for you guys that have heard us talking about the film reviews or the Patreon or this and that, you can find that at Patreon.com/slash through the keyhole. Bunch of written content, our pickup contest. People, our listener, lovely listeners, they get to listen to this first for the first 24 hours. That standings will be updated tomorrow. For the love of God, Keegan, it has been a fun last couple weeks. So, anyways, that will be up for you guys. You get all of our written content um, that Pick'em is closed, but you get all the written content for $1. You get all the podcasting, the post-game pod, uh, and any other special podcasts. We may have something coming up here soon. I've got to talk to Brady about it. Uh, you get all that for four, and then if you want the film reviews added with that, you get those for five dollars. So thanks to all of our patrons that get to listen to this first, as always, and thanks to anybody listening to this that decides to jump on board. It's been a lot of fun this year, especially more than any. Finding more, there's been more questions than answers right. uh, for most of them. So uh, regardless of that, Matt, Oklahoma does play Kansas on Saturday. Kansas not a good football team. Uh, they're doing historically bad things. Can continuing to do historically bad things. Buffalo head coach Lance Leopold almost brought his entire staff yep. with him to Kansas. They gave, we were jokingly saying this earlier, they gave Coastal Carolina uh, a little bit of run for their money in the first half. Looked halfway decent. But Texas Tech last weekend rolls them in what was probably their last chance to maybe get a win this year. <laughs> so they're going to have one win uh I believe, for the rest of the year unless someone finds a way to lose to them. But let's just – some names to know. Jason Bean, their starting quarterback, pretty athletic. They Buffalo's run game is un, not unique, but it was the foundation of their offense at Buffalo the last couple of years. They've always had pretty good running backs. So, But Jason Bean at quarterback has been doing sort of the heavy lifting for them. 
I don't even know if he's healthy. If on to be quite honest, right. like, I don't know if he's, I don't I don't know if he's a hundred percent healthy. Like what he, what he's doing, what he's not doing, but he he's the guy that can be a threat in the run game. Their offensive line's obviously not very good. Their defense is obviously not very good. Um, I saw some crazy stat that like they're one of the worst. Even though there have been thirty eight something point favorites say to Oklahoma, they've been just total underdogs in every game, double digit, two touchdown, three touchdown. Like even with that, all of that getting a lot of points, I think that over the last decade, if during this awful run for them, I think they're the worst team against the spread as oh. well. Like you can't even bet on them to oh. cover. And they have, yeah, like you said, they have the astronomical, you know, point spreads. You know, like they can't they can't cover one of these where they're forty one point dogs or whatever. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna find one. this article and get this stat right, but it is. It it was damning when I was reading it this morning. Like you can't lose forty two to seven. You can't lose forty two to seven and cover a spread, please. No, but, no, yeah, it's just, not Kansas football. They're bad, man. They're bad. What could they be bad? To, according to Bob Bowlesby, Vanderbilt and Kansas are the same. We could have spent a twenty minutes on Bowlesby's comments this Bullsby, week. I'll have to wait for Brady and yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, now. Brady will have a lot more to say. He'll have a lot more uh, fire and brimstone for him. But Kansas, man. I don't even know where you really even start. I'm I'm thankful and I'm happy that uh, Jalen Jalen Daniels, their quarterback that played here last that played against us last year, uh, I think it's Jalen or Jaden. I can't know. Jaden McDaniels is at Arizona State. Jalen Daniels was the quarterback that basically got killed every time he dropped back to pass last year against Correct. Oklahoma. Uh, I saw that he was redshirting this year. Probably recovering from the beatdown. Yes, recovering from the beatdown. So I'm glad that he won't be back there taking any more punishment because, I mean, if there's ever a a game for the D-line to boost the stats, it's this one because, man, they should not be able to block OU at all. This should be a route just like every other Kansas game that's been played for however many long or however many years now, except for 2018. We don't talk about that, uh, where they put up, put up 40. But the Puka Williams game, the Puka Williams game, we don't talk about that anymore. Uh, this should be a route, but I'm weirdly excited for it. Just like, but only because we've only seen a game and a half out of Caleb Williams, so it's just a chance to see another game out of him. That or it, it should be half, should be one that half. It is. Yeah, we we'll should be. Uh, we should see Spitzer Rattler Saturday. Man, does he? You know what? If I was, I would be like, no, I'm not playing against Kansas. Ralph, Ralph, go get ahead. Get your snaps in, buddy. <laughs> Ralph, get your ass in there. <laughs> Ralph, Ben Harris, Micah Bowens, whoever, whoever, just get Is your Micah ass out Is Micah Bowens there. alive? I don't know. I was actually going to ask you that, but no, anyway, there. SP plus wise, Kansas is 123rd out of 130 teams. They are 112th in offense. They are 121st in defense. Wow. That's what Oklahoma's facing this weekend. Wow. Yeah, this should be a beatdown of epic proportions, and we should accept nothing less than that. So let's let's go let's go through three things. I'll go first. And I'll just go we'll go one by one. So three things that you want to see this weekend. Okay. And I'll let me say it like like I said, I'll go first. I want to see them be aggressive offensively. Yeah, don't hold what, don't hold back. Whether Kansas is going to show you anything, Lincoln, about Caleb Williams or not, like he needs to be tested. Now, it could be one of those things, Matt, where it's like you're up by fifty in a summer league game and your coach is like, No more three point attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Pass it pass it fifteen <laughs> times before you shoot it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's let's pass it fifteen times before you shoot but it. But that's my number yeah. one thing. Just be aggressive offensively. Yeah, be what aggressive. Be aggressive and I don't know, man. Lincoln has a tendency to not do that once he gets up by a lot, but Correct. we'll see. My main thing, let's see the off. I want to see the defensive line just get, like I said earlier, just pad the stats, pad the stats of this game. This is your chance. They're not going to be able to block you. They should not be able to run against you. Uh, the quarterback should not have time to pass it against you. So defensive line, pad the stats this game. Number two for me. I want to see a special teams play that show doesn't us involve a return. that doesn't involve Gabe Burkich or Michael Turk. Yeah, yeah, show us a return. Yeah, something punt return, kick return. I just want to know it's in there. Right. 
think we've seen Mario Williams take a good kickoff return right. against somebody this year. But outside of that, it's been nothing. See, this is the game to do it. I heard Lincoln on the show, his show with Toby, and you know he was talking about how you know he didn't like. It was just it's basically all analytical. You know, he's like our average starting position is the twenty-five yard line, and teams that take it out of the end zone all the time usually their average starting position was at the 20. So he was like, he just kind of balances that out. And, uh, but he said he's that he's about like, five yards. Yes, I guess. But I know that's kind of what I was like. I was like, mm, really, man? But anyways, I, I would like to see that. Like, to just let, let him, this is the game to do it. This is the game to do it. I know you're probably worried about all that against, like in the big games and turnovers and all that stuff. But Kansas, this is the perfect time. Just let, hey, Mario, go, go see if you can take one back. Just do it. What's your number two, Matt? My next thing, give me some Jaden Knowles. Give me the weatherman. Let's not Marcus get Kennedy Major. Brooks. Welcome back. Marcus Major. Let's not get Kennedy Brooks injured. Let's, you know, let him do his uh, eight yards, nine yards carry in the first couple quarters and then get him out of there. Let's not completely wear him down. Get Eric get Eric Gray some as well. But no, I want to see the weatherman and uh and Marcus Major get get involved in the second half. Number three, Mr. Grinch. Just don't have your defense give up any big plays. Ugh. I don't really care about anything, but if like Jason Bean has one 60-yard run or 40-yard run, I'm cool with. But it starts getting more than that, and they start adding up. I'm at, like, not going to say out, but I'm definitely in a place of I would buy Oklahoma's defense down here because I don't think it'll get worse than what we've seen. Mm-hmm. But I also said that after the West Virginia game, Matt, if you remember. Right. I think I, after that game then, it was like, next couple of weeks, okay. Third straight game, oh no. Mm-hmm. And so just no big plays. Because if they give up a big play against Kansas, that means someone busted something again. And as you heard me say on Tuesday, like, there's just, if they would just not bust... They wouldn't be a hundred in the hundred and tens in total pass defense, just regular yards. For us, you know, for me, like a hundred and twenty eighth and expected point. Literally, if you run the football in Oklahoma, you are per what the numbers say right now, you are losing more of your chance to win by running it on Oklahoma. If you throw it on Oklahoma, it is like worth it is almost worth half a point. Like I'd have to look up the exact stats here, but it's it's a bonkers number. Yeah. And just no busts. Because you bust in the secondary, Jason Bean finds a guy with without anybody around him. You know, and it's just it's it's game eight, Matt. Yeah. Gotta gotta be disciplined at some point, man. Gotta gotta be. It's bad, man. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. No more big plays, especially against this team, especially against freaking Kansas, man. Let's see, my third thing, well, I think everyone's number one is just get get away with no injuries. Get away with no injuries, unlike last nice. year's Kansas, unlike last year's uh, Kansas game with Stogner and Spencer taking you know two hits, and then Stogner just going through a crazy freak accident with his injury. Right. Um, I think, yeah, uh, no injuries, just... Get out of there. My main thing is just cover a spread, man. If you can't cover it, what was it 38? They're three and four. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second here. They are. They covered TCU in Texas. In Texas. So not counting Western Carolina. Right. So they would be two and four. Two and four against the spread. They're, they're, they were they've covered two in a row. They were they've eight covered two and in a row. three against the spread last year. They've covered two in a row, and three makes it a streak. See if we can go streaking that on the spread. line spreads. for Tech is going to open up at about 23 and a half, 24. See if we can a- go streaking on the spreads, on covering. Again, last year was the first year. You've heard me say this this year, Matt. Last year was the first year, I believe, since Lincoln was the head coach. So 2017, 18, 19. 2020 was the first year they were above 500 against the spread. Really? And they went 8 and 3. Oh, you've wow. seen some of the numbers I put out. Yeah. They can't if they're more than a ten point favorite. They can't. They don't cover except for like games against Kansas or Western Carolina. So, right. anyways, Matt, as I said, we were going to get into a little bit of the review of Caleb 
get into a little bit of Kennedy Brooks, touched on the injuries, touched on Kansas, but there's some uh, there's some things happening in this conference. We touched on them a little bit on Tuesday, but I want to kind of run, let's go run through kind of where we're at. Iowa State is 4-2, and two, but I believe they are 3-1 and one in conference. Right. I guess I should pull up the standings in front of me right now, and I'm doing it as we speak, but... They're kind of the team that's out there that's lurking as, again, as everybody knows, I'm a big numbers guy. Consider me a nerd at this point. There's not a lot of distance between Iowa State and Oklahoma these days. Per the dad, the nice, fancy, big data companies. No, I'm kidding. Or friendly <laughs> models and other things. But they, there is, it's a unique place because I think it is true and I know, you know, always looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Just don't give up a couple special teams plays or allow Iowa to punch you back in your own end zone multiple times, and you probably have a good chance. So Iowa State is 2-1 and one in conference play. They're 4-2 and two overall. Iowa State-Oklahoma State this weekend. Oklahoma State is the team right behind Oklahoma, 3-0, 6-0 overall, 3-0 in Big 12 conference play. Big game in Ames, Matt. Large game in Ames this weekend. You have any feel on it? Man, I honestly... I don't like this game for Oklahoma State. I don't like it at all. I don't either. Iowa State's kind of they're they're playing better. Would you agree with me that they're more talented? They are more talented oh, than Iowa Oklahoma State? State. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. They are more talented than Oklahoma State. I think I'm with you whenever I asked I asked you earlier. I was like, is this gonna be the best offense that this Oklahoma State defense has faced? And you said Texas. I, I agree with you. I do agree with you on that. But my reasoning was I was so confident Oklahoma State was gonna win that game because of I, I'm a believer that the Oklahoma effect is real in this game. Like, Jordan Whittington was out for the game against Oklahoma State. Uh, Jacoby Jones, I think, is the defensive end's name that was also got knocked out in the OU game, didn't play for Oklahoma State in the Oklahoma State game. Like, they were injured, man. And coming off that loss, that is a heartbreaking loss to take to your rival. Yes. And so I, they just, I didn't think that Texas was going to respond very well uh, in that Oklahoma State game. I was so confident OSU was going to win. I should have bet. Dang it. I wish I was a betting man. But either way, I, I just I think I think Iowa State gets it done, but I do think it'll be a really, really close game. It's just like like you said earlier, it's whatever quarterback doesn't turn it over. It was the story of the game in yeah. Austin. Whatever quarterback doesn't turn it over. And these these two quarterbacks, Spencer Sanders, Brock Purdy, they've that's kind of been synonymous with their names. When you bring them up, you're like, they do this, this, and this well, but they're gonna give you two or three chances to, you know, to pick them off or fumble it or whatever. You just have to capitalize on those mistakes. So we'll see. We'll see Iowa State sell out to stop the run and, you know, try to make Spencer Sanders beat and capitalize on on the uh on some of the poor throws that he's gonna make. And same same for Oklahoma State. Try to cap and and but I am more confident in Oklahoma State's defense to capitalize on the on some mistakes that Brock Purdy makes. I'm a believer in the Oklahoma State defense and Jim Knowles and how disciplined they're they are. Amazing man. Yeah, I, I'm a believer in that. So if Brock Purdy gives them chances, they're gonna they're gonna capitalize on those. Let's kind of like I said, Baylor is this weekend. Baylor plays Texas next weekend. The other game and the other two games in the league this weekend are Kansas State and Texas Tech and West Virginia TCU. And nobody listed. Kind of, eh, I guess Texas Tech is kind of involved in this race a little bit. They beat Kansas State. I believe Texas Tech's a one-point favorite in Lubbock this weekend, by the way. Are they really? Wow. Yeah. That, and Texas it, Tech was picked to finish ninth, I think, before the year started. So. That, they, that they were. I was team Texas Tech is still not a very good football team. No. I still don't think they're a very good football team, but they at least have an offense that is competent enough that's keeping them in some of these games. Now, TCU blew the doors off them. Texas blew the doors off them. Uh, both of them have two losses in conference as well, with both of them coming to Oklahoma. But it's a big game for Mr. Chris Kleiman. Yeah, yeah. He's I, under some heat right now. Is he really? Have you not seen his comments this week? I have not. He said that They're after my, Chris pla- <laughs> my players and pl- this generation of athletes can't deal with all this outside negativity. So he asked the media to help them spread positivity. Oh, you could find it. It's out there. There's an audio clip of it. 
Oh man! Yeah. Could you imagine? Media. Oh, if that happened in Norman, could you imagine what Eddie Radosevich would have done with this, with those comments? Oh, could you imagine if Eddie was on the Kansas State beat right now? Oh, he would be making this. I think he said be that perfect. he would make a video if I listened, heard this right on the unofficial forty, that he would make a video of him if he had a Kansas State like cheerleader suit, like he has the OU softball one. <laughs> It said that he would he would make one. I'm in on him. I'm in with it's him crazy. on a video here in a couple of weeks. So I, gotta I love keep it. it. Oh yeah, it, they're classic. Anyways, I love it. but I, yeah, the, spreading spreading the positivity. I like it. Chris Kleiman. Okay. Yeah, and I'll say this: I was big on fading Kansas State this year, as you yeah. know, Matt. Let's begin the year, and I was like, my God, they beat Stanford. Holy cow, they beat Nevada. Like that's crazy. They almost lost to Southern Illinois. I think was the game after that, but. I want to say, like, the biggest thing for me about Kansas State is that although they're disciplined, you can't get behind if you're them. Like, you have to win games in a certain way. And when Brees Hall takes the first snap 75 yards, like Iowa yeah, State did last tough. weekend, you're when you're playing from behind and you are got to go up against that defense, um, that defense is really good. Like, Will McDonald is continuing just to be a, just a hell raiser on the end for them. So, regardless of that, Kansas State, Texas Tech, uh, and then the other game, West Virginia, TCU. I guess TCU is technically still in this, even even at one and two, but they feel like such a lost cause at this point that I just don't feel any confidence. But, Matt, the next weekend is kind of the next stop for Big 12 title game kind of games. Right. Texas goes on the road to Baylor. Both of them are on a bye this weekend ahead of that game. Aranda's got two weeks for Sark. Sark's got two weeks for Aranda. That should be a hell of a matchup in Waco. Baylor's an intriguing team. They're about top 30 in most metrics offensively, top 15 defensively. I know it's it's still early. Like There's still a lot of football to be played left, Matt. But the Baylor Bears, like I don't know if they're going to be playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. But I think they've got as good of a shot right now oh, yeah. as anybody. I do too. I definitely do too. I completely buy that defense. Um, I'm. I would consider myself a Dave Aranda fan. I just. I hate that he has to be at Baylor because I don't like Baylor, the institution. I'm a little worried about their offense. I'm not a believer in Bohannon, the quarterback. I think he's a correct. I think he's a little bit of a an almost gamer, right? Where you know he can he can almost make some of the plays, but it just. It doesn't look right. At least whenever I was watching, whenever they played Oklahoma State, that's kind of what I was like. He He's trying to make some some stuff happen. He just can't. I am a believer in that defense. Uh, Jalen Petrie is probably my favorite player to watch on defense. The dude's just everywhere. Credit to uh, Matt Rule, like you said earlier. Credit to Matt Rule for, keeping, for getting him to Baylor. Man, I, how about Baylor getting Texas and OU at home? That's a pretty good they luck of the draw right there. They always had a favorable schedule. I mean, I... I said before the season, Matt, they have they had Iowa State in the first week of conference play. Like that game was going to set the tone for me for the rest of the year. Right. If Iowa State could go down there and offensively they put up a bunch of yards on them, they just they couldn't get it in the fucking end zone. Right. So like part of me feels like Baylor got away with one in in that game against Iowa State, but they've also turned it around and played well, like yeah. beating BYU the way that they did. Uh, winning the games that they have this year the way that they have. Again, I, it's still early. I wanted to say SP Plus-wise, they're 47th. That includes like returning experience and talent right. and all that still. Most of the metrics in season has Baylor, as I was looking at today, have as a top 30, top 35 offense. And then Texas. Let's wrap it up with Texas. We're good friends down in Austin. Yep. I'm not going to sit here and say pour one out to them, but when you only put up one offensive yard in the fourth quarter, I don't care how good I'm – as a, as, a, as a stakeholder, as you know, Matt, a stakeholder in the Oklahoma State defense for about three years now, they're not that good. That was terrible. I, I thought, probably much like, much like many of you, I thought that was an obvious typo. I thought someone was messing with me. Oklahoma State only had one yard. Only had one yard in the, the entire fourth quarter. Like, no, obviously they had more than one. That's crazy. No, one yard. You have B. John Robinson, the best running back in America, you have Bijan Robinson. You can't get one yard. Mm. 
You have Xavier Worthy who had 260 against in through the air against Yeah, they OU. took him completely out of the game. And you can't do, you have Joshua Moore who caught touchdowns against OU look good. I mean, I know they didn't have Jordan Whittington, but God, I mean, one yard? I'm I'm confirming. I'm about 90% sure they had one yard. No, I'm with it. you. No, I saw all those those tweets too. I'm with you. They had one one fucking yard in the entire fourth quarter with all those weapons on offense. Gee, I mean, and defensively, they actually played a lot better on Saturday. But they're still so bad. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about one thing? I'm gonna. I'm eating. I'm just. It's eating at me every day. Like, what the hell happened to those defensive line? Like, just doesn't make sense to me. I was completely wrong on that. It sucks. Anyways, yeah, that's a. It's an intriguing game, and yeah, Baylor had the schedule. Iowa State has the schedule this year. Um, at home games wise, they get Texas, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma at home. Like that's massive. Yeah. And so, anyways, the race is heating up. It's gonna be a fun one. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited for like what could end up being the last couple of years of Big Twelve football. As we've learned today, I touched off the top about some conference real life, realignment stuff. Everything's lining up with 2023, Matt. Yep. So, which makes a lot of sense. It adds up to everything that's happened. So it'll be a one. You know, we get a couple. We get. About 16 more weeks of Big 12 football, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I'm ready. Kind of, kind of, kind of sad. This is the last time Oklahoma ever has to play in Lawrence. That's good. That. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. It'll be, it'll be nice though because it'll be like, I don't know. It'll probably be more like last why isn't year, right? Anybody, everybody wanted to talk about why it was the last time to go to Manhattan and how people felt about that. No one's asking the players or coaches this week. About how they feel about Lawrence. Yeah, did you see? Did you see that in the, in the presser? <laughs> Not one question about Kansas. Oh, really? Didn't Lincoln, didn't Lincoln yeah. say that? Didn't Lincoln like? He started off. He started off saying something like in his opening comments, whatever. He was like, "Yeah, they're a good team." Like Coach uh, Leipold. Is it Leipold or Leipold? Because he called him Leipold. Lance Leopold. Lance Leopold. He called him Leipold. So I was like, I don't. I'm so confused. I hate when people do that. It's just like the kid from. Uh, it's the like the quarterback from uh, Baylor. I've heard it. I've heard people say Gary, and heard people say Jerry. And I'm pretty sure it's Jerry. I'm with you then. I'm no. with you, with Jerry. Now you've got me thinking. I'm with you with Jerry, but that's what I'm saying. I hate when people do that. But anyway, I just want one one pronunciation for people's names across the board. It's Lance Leopold. Lance Leopold. Okay, so Lincoln was wrong, and I can't trust anything he says positive about him in his opening statements. But yeah, not not you've one reporter ever trusted <laughs> anything that he says. No, definitely not. Especially not after this year. But um, no, I'm excited, man. It, this this will probably remind them a lot of last year because there I don't think there's going to be many Kansas fans in the stands. Uh, there's it's going to be limited capacity, but that's just because no one gives a shit up there, mm-hmm. uh, not because of they're taking COVID seriously. Uh, they should have done that this year. They should have been like, oh no, we're what the COVID. Thunder did last yeah, year. exactly. No COVID restrictions. Oh man, but no, we just really suck, and we don't want people to see that our 15 fans in the stands. Um, but no, I'm. I'm excited, man. Really, I'm just excited to. I hope, I hope, obviously, that OU can go through these next two weeks unscathed, get to the get to the bye week healthy, get people get people healthier. Woody Washington, DTY, all these guys, and then buckle up, man. Then it's nut cutting time. Oh yeah, those last three three weeks will be legit, man. Like usually, Oklahoma goes through that November stretch and. 16 they had to go on the road they played the snow game against west virginia yep they played oklahoma state in in norman they played i believe three or four straight weeks of ranked matchups in in 16 17 they had the tcu game and then they had a couple weeks and then the tcu game again 18 they went on the road to west virginia again in a very big game and played Oklahoma State. No, that was, Oklahoma State game was closer in the middle of the season. But, yeah, this is a jam-packed final three weeks, and especially if Oklahoma State can find a way to win names. If Oklahoma State wins this weekend, you you have to start thinking about a Bedlam Big 12 title game. Oh, yeah, playing back-to-back weeks. Not that back-to-back be, weeks, but back-to-back games. That would yeah. be – no, it would be back-to-back Oh, weeks. yeah, that's right. That would be really weird. Ooh. They've been trying to set that up, though, I felt like. Or they were not trying to set it up. They because you know for a while there for a stretch it was OU and OSU kind of you know before the Big Twelve title game came into effect it was OU and o- Bedlam was basically the decider 
a couple of those years. So they had moved Oklahoma State up in the schedule a little bit instead of like, you know, having them back to back, right? And once they installed the conference title game again, they had moved Oklahoma State up in the schedule, which I thought was interesting because they didn't want to have them played twice in a row. But now when they move Oklahoma State back down to the last game of the year, uh, they have a really solid chance of playing them back to back. So I think it's just funny how that works. We missed anything? I don't think we've missed anything. I don't think so, man. It's Kansas week, so it's, we're not really breaking down uh, the Jayhawks. Yeah, uh, just a little bit on the other side of the world. Uh, Tanner Mordecai is lighting up Tulane right now, by the way, in the first half. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> oh Tulane, this is, how I would, this is how I would describe Tulane this year. They threw so much at the wall against Oklahoma like, I don't know if it, they've been able to peel it off. Right. You know, you're like talking yeah, about yeah. What, with Alex Grinch, right? Like, you th- he's been throwing a bunch of shit at the wall, like hoping it sticks. Like, no, everything Tulane threw at Oklahoma stuck. Like, I don't know if they've scraped it off yet to get some of it back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You need some of that magic back. I was wondering, because I was looking at Tulane. I mean, they, they got actually absolutely they shit pumped their, by They're getting Ole their Miss. ass kicked like in every game now. Perfect. Love that. Love that. I, just, I was wondering, I was like, did Michael Pratt get hurt? I mean, is he just... Was it just his? Was that his Trevor Knight against Alabama game where he just plays lights out or what? I think it was a lot of Fritz against Grinch, but yeah, that speaks to the larger question we're at right now. For sure. Anyways, we'll be able to talk more about that after the Texas Tech game. For that's Matt Burton. For Brady, that's in California. That I hope his concert is still the way it is. And I'm Keegan Renault. Thank you guys for listening again. uh, We'll talk to you guys Saturday night on the uh, Patreon or through the Keyhole Patreon post-game show. That's just for subscribers, just for $4. Again, thank you guys for listening.